in a celebration, I was asked to be very brief. Um, what I'm about to share with you, though, uh, I was inspired by the late E.V. Hill. I don't know if you've ever heard of E.V. Hill, but it was a tremendous, tremendous uh, Bible teacher and preacher. And uh, he talked about having a Savior, but more specifically, having a Savior worth having. Okay, a Savior worth having. And he suggests that we ought to test our Savior. And what would be the qualifiers to test your Savior? And the first thing would be he ought to be old enough. He ought to be old enough. I'm 63, and I don't trust anyone who's not been around long enough to understand life better than me. And a lot of you can relate to that. I always get a little bit nervous when I go to my doctor. And he's a young man, and he says things like, people your age. <laughs> and I think, what kind of wisdom is that? But then I think, well, you know, maybe in medicine he has the edge. Um, but I need a Savior that's old enough to know about life on this earth and then understands its pitfalls. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is a faithful high priest who can sympathize with my weaknesses, although he himself is without sin. And so I give him credit for being around enough. In fact, he has to be able to save people who have lived before me. So he has to be old enough to save people that have been here before me, generations past. And he has to be able to save them so that their posterity, their testimony can live on throughout history. And secondly, he should know enough. He has to be able to take my problems and know how to deal with them. I don't want a Savior with... Uh, I don't want to go to a Savior with my own issues, and then he needs to go to the library or the Internet to find a solution. I need a Savior who already knows the answers because he has been around long enough to know everything about life and about me. He has to be able to be the author and finisher of my faith. And the Bible tells us that he is exactly that. In fact, in Isaiah 9.6, it says that he is the wonderful counselor. So he knows enough so that when I take my issues to him, he knows what to say. He knows how to deal with them. He knows how to deal with me. And thirdly, he has to be a Savior who is everlasting. I don't want to have a Savior who, having gotten involved in my life, then ups and dies, right? It would be awful to go to my Savior's funeral. But followers of those who claim to be prophets of God and held the answers and then died and then remained dead are not good enough for me. I want a Savior who has been there through the valley of the shadow of death. I want a Savior who can lead me through when my time comes. He's got to be everlasting or he isn't worth having. 
He's got to be able to take my hand, walk me through my own earthly uh, issues, and then say, when I'm dying, Jim, you're okay, it's all right, we're going to a better place. So he's got to be a Savior who's everlasting. And then he has to have a good track record. Who else has he saved? Has he been able to give sight to the blind or has he healed the lame or has he saved people from other places and other languages and other cultures and transformed them? The answer to that is yes. Great Christians of all generations and of all nationalities can give testimony that he can save to the uttermost all people of all nations, of all places. Who else has calmed the sea? Who else has delivered the demon oppressed and set them free? Who else has died and was buried and then walked out of that grave three days later? Now listen, I don't have the biggest car. I don't have the biggest bank account. I don't have the biggest house. I don't have the biggest church or the most recognizable name. But one thing I do have, I have the best Savior there is. For there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. So whether we are white or black or American or foreigner, or whether we are rich or poor, there is only one who can save us all, and his name is Jesus. And that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the Lord Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you today that we have a Savior who is old enough, smart enough, everlasting, and who has a great track record. And there's so many other things that we could say about him. He's a Savior for all nations and for all people, men and women alike. Because we we have sinned and we've fallen short of the, the glory of God. We haven't even been honest with our own conscience. We have failed ourselves and there's not one of us in this place that would probably say, well, I'm everything I'd hope to be. But you, Lord, you can change all that by forgiving us and coming to dwell inside of us, to make your home in us through the Holy Spirit. And that's what we trust you to do, Lord. And we thank you that you love all people of all nations, of all people groups, of every gender and every tribe and nation and tongue. And that includes each and every one of us. So I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here whose conscience is wounded today, is feeling the, the weight of their own failures, I pray that today they would realize that you are enough, that you're able to save to the uttermost, that you are a faithful high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. We thank you that you did it without sin, but you certainly understand the difficulty of this world. Thank you for coming. Thank you for living the life we should have lived. Thank you for dying the death that we should die 
so that we don't have to. Thank you for raising from the dead and announcing to all the universe that it is finished, that it's been paid in full, that our sins have been covered by the blood that was shed on that cross. Thank you, Lord, that by everyone who confesses Jesus as Lord and believes in their heart that God has raised him from the dead will be saved. And we thank you that the promise is whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will never be disappointed. So, Lord, we celebrate these things today. We thank you for coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.